Hey everybody, good morning. It is Monday and uh, we just celebrated the resurrection of Jesus yesterday and so it's no time for a spiritual hangover. It's uh, We need to view um, the beauty of Resurrection Sunday as a as the a foundation, as the foundation for our faith. It's the it's the ground floor that we build from, and you can't fall off the floor. And so, if we we can't treat Easter Sunday as some sort of pinnacle high point in our Christian year, and then we just kind of go back into the doldrums, and maybe we peek our head out again around Mother's Day, and and then we come back in the fall at some point, and then maybe again around Christmas. Um, no, this this needs to be the building time, and so I want to hop right back into Galatians four, and I think Paul gives us uh, a great little passage here uh, to to build off of. So uh, let's see. I'm going to read from verse six. Um, not sure exactly how far I'll go, but let's just see. He says, "And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father." So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? Yeah, that's uh, verses six through nine. And again, just a wonderful passage to build off of Easter um, because of the work that's been done for us by Jesus through his life, death, and resurrection. Uh, we are no longer slaves. We're no longer in a position of being enslaved by sin or the law. Uh, we have right relationship with God if we will bend our knee, if we will bow at the cross and, and bow at the throne and follow Jesus as Lord. And um, and Paul tells us that, that as a gift of our sonship, God has sent the Holy Spirit into our hearts, causing or compelling us to be able to not just whisper the name of God, but to cry out, uh, Daddy to cry out that most intimate name of the Father. Uh, we no longer have to be careful and concerned about our distance. Yes, we, we have reverence for the holiness of God, but we can come as close to him as we've ever been to anyone. We can uh, cry out from our hearts, Daddy, as we draw near to him. And Paul says, I mean, the, the, the process is beautiful. He says we've gone from from slaves to children. So man, that's a, that's a great exchange right there. But he says, not just children, heirs. And, uh, you know, I guess it's possible to be a child, but to be left out of the will. But Paul's telling us, he's, he's assuring us that we are full inheritors of all of the rights and privileges. And so, um, you know, Paul is saying here that when we, we, Back in the old days when we didn't know God and we were enslaved to these other things, um, you know, that's just the way we lived. But he, he, he turns this, this passage on a dime and says, you know, now that we've come to know God or rather come to be known by God. And that's, that's a powerful realization. I think that's a powerful point that Paul makes there in the, in the, in the middle of uh, verse 9. 
he's saying, yeah, it's important that you know God, but ultimately it's much more important that he knows you. Ultimately, this relationship that we have with him is, is way more predicated on his faithfulness than ours. Um, yes, we have to be, we have to have faith, but if God were to ever forget us or uh, change the deal. We're, we're in a really bad place. Um, Jesus says, uh, I believe Matthew, maybe Matthew 7, he's telling the story of those who, who claim to know him but don't. And he says uh, to them, he'll say, away from me, I knew you not. I mean, can you imagine any more horrible thing to hear when you stand before the Lord than away from me, I knew you not. And so Paul is making the point here that, you know, we've come to know him or rather we've come to be known by him, you know, by this, by this deep relationship. If that's the case, how and why would we ever turn back to those weak and worthless elementary principles that, that, you know, who want to enslave us again. And what he's saying here is uh, not that you've picked up some new habit, not that you've picked up some new false teaching, but that most of the ways in which we can deconstruct our faith or um, fall back into worldly patterns, most of them don't have to do with a complete denial of God or, or fall into complete atheism. It just has to do with falling back into an old pattern of relating to God. And so it, it, what Paul's referring to here is you know, now that you've, you've come to know him and you've come to have this vital relationship where you know him and you're known by him, why would you ever delve back into a works-based relationship instead of a relationship of grace? Why would you, it's like the prodigal son coming home, practicing the speech of saying, father, just accept me back into your, under your estate as a servant and I'll serve you. And the father says, oh, I have nothing to do with that. You're a son. I'm celebrating you. Here's the robe and the sandals and the ring and the fatted calf and we're having a party. And then sometime later, the son says, you know, as good as this is living here in the house with you as, as a son again and being in the mansion, I think I'm going to go relate to you as a slave and try to prove myself to you. And the challenge of this is works righteousness, it can mask itself as spiritual maturity. You can look at the people who, who have made a, a life out of uh, their whole relationship with God is based upon you know, trying to prove themselves. And it can look really mature because of busyness. But beloved, I want to tell you that the deepest relationship with God is not based upon first cleaning your house and then sitting at his feet. It's based on sitting at his feet and violating any culture that would tell you that you can't first sit at his feet and then putting into practice what it is that he, he speaks to our hearts. And so I just want to stop there and pray and ask the Lord to build on this foundation of grace that since we are, we've been transported, we've been We've exchanged the way in which we relate to God from servants or slaves to children and from children to heirs that we would stay there, that we wouldn't have some sort of spiritual hangover in these days, but that we would continue to grow closer and closer to him. So Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would give us grace, grace upon grace. You say in your word that, that you oppose the proud, but give grace to the humble. And so we humble ourselves before you, Lord, and ask that you would pour out your grace on us anew today and every day. We want to build and build and build on this beautiful relationship. We thank you, Father, that we are known by you in Jesus' name. Maranatha.